Hello, friends and colleagues. My name is Nikki Loney from Full Voice Music, and this is the fourth season of the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now, here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hello there, friends. Thank you so much for joining me for the debut episode of the Full Voice Podcast. We are talking about active listening today. I've got a great uh, a great list of activities, simple strategies to get your singers uh, opening their ears and becoming more engaged. But before we dive into that, oh my goodness, well... I have an incredible season of fantastic interviews lined up. I am so excited. We have been recording a podcast this past week and oh, I'm just I'm just I'm so excited and I'm super inspired. So, I will be starting up uh, my September schedule in a couple of weeks. And it's that bittersweet time of the year where summer is winding down. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, um, summer is winding down and a lot of us are gearing up. I know many of my colleagues have already started school. Their kids have started school and their teaching studios are ramping up. So wherever you are at in your teaching studio, I am wishing you an incredible incredible season of voice lessons. And we have an incredible lineup of guests to help you navigate the challenges and the opportunities within your teaching studio. Now, for those of you who are new to the Full Voice Podcast, my name is Nikki Loney, and I am a professional vocalist, a voice teacher, and a resource creator from Hamilton, Ontario. I've been teaching for 30 years. I love working with singers. It is my joy. It is my passion. I have a special soft spot for uh, the young singers and for beginner singers. And uh, I believe that singing is for everyone. And um, Full Voice Music is dedicated in researching and developing and publishing fantastic resources for teachers like you. And I have a wonderful, small but mighty team of music educators and specialists that work with me to do that. And I'm, I'm so excited and I'm so blessed I get to do what I love. And I love sharing these ideas with you, the listener. Now, before I get started, I do want to shout out to a few very special people who took the time to reach out and wish us luck on this new season. So first of all, I want to shout out to Mandy from the Isle of Man. I know you're running right now. She's running. She's jogging out on the beautiful shoreline of the Isle of Man with her dog, Fernando. He was just delightful. So hello to Mandy. I also want to uh, shout out to my good friend, Nick Tyler. He's in Australia. And um, Nick is Nick is trying to make a very big decision. And uh, I he wants to, he's trying to figure out whether he's going to continue and get his master's in divinity or if he's going to go into vocal pedagogy. That's a tough decision. Nick, we're all we're all cheering for you. Um, I also want to shout out to all the members of the Speakeasy, uh, the, the wonderful people of the Speakeasy Cooperative. Um, that is a co-learning group, a mastermind of voice teachers. Many of my guests are from the Speakeasy. 
And I want to shout out to everybody there. I also want to say hello to all the members of our Facebook group, Voice Teachers for Young Singers. And I want to thank everybody in that group for continuing to be supportive and kind to each other, so important in forums, and for asking great questions and offering um, thoughtful strategies to people who ask questions. So thank you for participating and, uh, and, and keeping things positive. It's so important. So thank you to those people. I also want to mention that today's sponsor, this episode, is brought to you by the Social Butterfly Guru. Now, if you are a listener of the Full Voice Podcast, you've met Karen Michaels. She's the Social Butterfly Guru. She not only is a talented uh, teaching artist, voice teacher, uh, but she is a social media expert. And she is uh, offering a very special deal to Full Voice Podcast listeners. There is a link in the show notes and on our podcast page. If you are struggling with social media or you know that you want to be found by your perfect client, she can help you get there with real, actionable, and organic steps. I love that. And Karen is so passionate and so helpful. And the beautiful thing about Karen is that she knows our industry. So please check out her uh, link if you are interested in getting some social media help for your business. Now, <sighs> on to our topic of the day. So active listening. Active listening is something I don't think I do enough with my students. And one of my goals this year, I mean, one of my goals is always to be providing my students with a holistic and comprehensive music lesson. Uh, as much as I would love to just focus on their vocal skills, and it's easy to do that, um, our singers need to understand that music is a collaborative art form. And we need to have a lot of musicianship skills in order to work well with others. And that is so important. And we it's easy to forget. So active listening essentially is ear training. Um, but it is when we are listening with intention and we are not distracted and we're focusing on the fine details of the music or the singers that we're listening to. Now, the opposite to this is passive listening. And that's what most of us do most of the time. Music is often in the background. So if you're driving your car and you're listening to music, I mean, hopefully that should be passive. You should be paying attention to the driving. Um, but uh, a lot of my students like to do their homework and listen to music in the background. Well, that is passive listening. You are not focused on those fine details. And the fine details and the subtle nuances are often lost. So ear training exercises like this are so important and super effective. Now... Um, the other thing that I want to remind teachers about, and again, I forget about this all the time, but active listening is also a fantastic assessment tool for teachers. When we engage in some active listening exercises, um, you will you will start to see where your students' attentions do tend to go to and where they do not. Now, this goes back to... Um, understanding or to the best of our ability, we, we truly don't 
know 100% how a singer is experiencing their voice or experiencing music. It is unique to all of us. And we truly never can know exactly how they're experiencing it. But exercises like this allow us to have a better picture. So if we recognize that our students tend to focus in on certain elements, we might be able to choose better exercises or new exercises or new studies that help them expand their their listening, their, their uh, focus. And that can be so helpful. Now, before I get started with some of the activities that I, I find are really helpful and that I'm going to be using with my teaching studio, I want to talk about just some of the observations that I've had in regards to active listening and what we focus on and helping singers to focus on um, the the fine details. So uh, the first thing I want to share with you is one of my adult students a little while ago shared a YouTube video. It was Seth Rudesky's um, analysis of Ben Platt's vocal performance of Waving Through a window. Now, if you haven't checked it out, I'm going to put a I'm going to put a link to it on the podcast page. First of all, I like Seth. I think he is quite the funny little character. Well, he's a funny character, not a little character. Um, and he knows his stuff. That man is a solid musician with big ears. So I I consider myself a good listener and an active listener, but. With uh, with Seth, he introduced and pointed out some of the vocal performance and uh, some he he analyzed that whole song. He broke it down very well, and there were a lot of things that I had not noticed. So even trained ears can can be helped by some guided listening. And um, it's an incredible little video. It's it's about uh, 20 minutes long. So there's a link on our podcast page uh, to that video, and I highly recommend it. Now, um, the one thing that I will say, and this is a little teacher pet peeve of mine, I shared that link and that video with many of my students one of the challenges with active listening is that you have to stop doing other things. It's not a multitasking thing and you have to actually watch the video. Most of my students did not watch the video on their own time. So I made them do it in the lesson. And I don't think of that as a wasted lesson. I think especially our teenagers need to have some guidance and maybe be forced to listen differently. So little pet peeve of mine. Um, now the other little observation that I had had to do with my family. So um, one of the things about active listening and what our ears are focusing on is so personal. So when we are in the car listening to music, um, and my son loves commercial music much to the dismay of his parents. Uh, but we don't discourage his love and joy of, of his, the songs that he likes. But it's interesting because when a song is played on the radio, singing teacher, me, is 
listening to vowel modification and I'm listening to how the singer is using their voice and I'm often trying to emulate the vowel modification and often bring that to everyone's attention. My husband, who is has a very heavy instrumental background and a production background, Sean can tell me what type of microphone was probably used and which, which effect is being used and how they sampled that sound, he has ears for, he can also tell you how the guitar is tuned or not tuned. Um, And he picks up on things that, again, I am not thinking about. Now, my son is in the back seat singing the wrong lyrics because, you know, contemporary music, sometimes the vowel modification is just so strange. But he's just having a good time. Now, he is not active listening. He is passive listening because he will sing a line and then ask a question and then point something out that he sees on the side of the road. He'll stop to tell us a baseball statistic and then he'll jump back into the song. So definitely not active listening. But it's interesting how we each have a different focus. And again, that goes back to uh, having this opportunity as a teacher to recognize where our students, uh, where their ears are being led and what they want to focus on. So interesting. Now, my last, my last observation, something that I've, I've noticed for a while and, and um, it's, it's quite something. So if you have adult students or if you have students who use the YouTube karaoke tracks. Now, I do not have any problems with my students singing along to tracks. I think that that is fun and it's important. Um, and I often use karaoke tracks if we're working on songs in the teaching studio. Uh, actually, this year in my teaching studio, I wanted to have some more community building activities. So um, I'm actually having a family karaoke night where moms and dads can come and sing too. So I'm really excited about that. Moms and dads, not so much, but I am excited. Anyhow, but one of the things that I noticed with my singers using the karaoke tracks is that they are not listening to the music at all. They are watching those little words light up. And uh, they are very distracted by the words uh, coming across the screen. So one of the things that I do, so here's your teacher tip. Make students print the lyrics up on paper. Um, and I use I use the lyric sheets all the time. We I write notes on them. I underline lyrics. I circle words that need expression. So lyric sheets can be very helpful in our teaching studio. And here's a little teacher rant. I despise it when my students are lazy and do not print up their lyrics because they're going to use the lyrics. They're going to bring the lyrics up on their phone. And then they're distracted because, you know, the, the backlighting will, will turn off and they'll have to touch their screen or they'll have to scroll the screen to see the next lyrics. That is a huge distraction and, again, is going to affect their active listening. So I, I, I have a no reading lyrics off of screen rules. You must either memorize the best option or print up the lyrics. So there's a teacher tip and a teacher rant. Now, uh, a couple of challenges and things just to be mindful about with approaching active listening. So 
Active listening exercises can be very challenging for our singers for many reasons. So um, first of all, the first one is um, be sure to encourage um, uh, these, these activities in your teaching studio because focus listening requires guidance and support. So sometimes our students may not have the skills or understand the exercises. And this is when we need to be mindful about what we're assigning at home. There is usually a reason why our students are not practicing at home. And often it's because they don't have the confidence or the support or the understanding of the exercise in order to do it on their own. So don't assign these right away as homework activities. Like they will need some step-by-step hand holding. And now that being said, don't spoon feed them. Don't tell them what they're listening for. Ask them. Um, Ask them what they hear. Ask them if they can hear the difference between this or this. And um, I think we also have to remember that because active listening and ear training exercises require an enormous amount of focus, we need to be mindful of students' attention spans. And I am not just talking about the kiddos. I know that I have and you have in your teaching studio students of all ages that may be struggling, aware or unaware, of um, maybe they have attention deficit challenges. Um, So this is where we need to be present in our teaching studios and watching our students carefully. If they're getting flustered, if their attention is not on this activity, it's a good it's a good sign that you need to move on to something else. And as they get more comfortable with the activities, they will be able to spend more and more time on them. But don't be afraid to let it go. As soon as I say that, you hear that song. I know. So do I. Anyhow, um, so, uh, uh, and I want to bring up another topic. So there's a lot of questions that people ask about lesson pacing. And lesson pacing, good lesson pacing, mm, it takes a while uh, for that to happen organically. You need to know the student. They need to be comfortable with you. That takes time. And every week, your student essentially is a new student. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're low energy. Maybe they've had a rough day and they're a little stressed out. Uh, maybe they've got a lot on their mind or maybe they're they're really eager to have a great lesson. So with our students, um, I like to have a general guideline of what I want to accomplish within the lesson. I will probably have an extra couple of activities that I might like to do, but essentially it depends on the student. If the student is engaged and smiling and enjoying the activity, I'm not going to rush them out of that activity. Or if they're struggling, I am going to limit the time that we spend there because we want... We want to um, we want to keep the the pacing engaging, and and it's it's just so important. So with these exercises, 
pace them mindfully. Um, if the student's really into it, spend some time there. And if they're not, you can just do little activities as you go. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey, podcast listeners. Natalie here to talk about your pricing. Do you have a collection of students that all pay different rates? Are some families invoice at different intervals? Just the thought of this sounds stressful and seems like a time-consuming juggling act. It sounds like it may be time to simplify your billing practices. When you first start out, it may be simple to manage multiple rates. After all, it's just a handful of students. However, the issue will compound as you gain more students. It just isn't scalable, and your unpaid administrative workload will increase dramatically as your studio gains new students. That's no fun for business. Juggling a handful of rates isn't just tough for you to manage. It could also negatively impact your clients. When it comes to lesson sales, we may think that providing more options will lead to more sales, right? More often than not, this is not the case, and this would be called the paradox of choice. It could be argued that when we have too many choices, there is a higher chance that we just don't make a buying decision at all. If you advertise many different rates, this may be overwhelming or confusing to that new family. They may end up abandoning the whole process or searching elsewhere. Simplicity is a win for you and them. Cutting unnecessary features will free up your time to focus on more fruitful aspects of your business. For your families, it can make it easier for them to confidently select the right option for them. This is why many services will offer a good, better, and best option. Start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at www.mymusicstaff.com. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast. Now, on to some of my favorite active listening exercises. So I have quite a few different activities, and they can be modified depending on the age and the ability of your students. But I want to start with um, activities uh, that, uh, well, one of the big activities that I like to do, and that's so important for our young singers, and that is the activity of internalizing the music, hearing the music in their head. That can be challenging. So uh, a perfect example of this, and this is, a, this is a fun little game that I like to play with my introductory vocal class. So my introductory vocal class, uh, we start at six years old uh, and we go to nine. Now I'm so excited because this year I've actually introduced five to six introductory vocal class and then seven to nine singing club class. The kids named it that. But with my young singers, internalizing the music activity is simple. So I will take a melody that they know well and we will sing it. So I'm going to use an example. Uh, I'm going to use row, row, row your boat. So if we're doing like a little folk song or a little melody, so we'll start by singing it. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And then there's a couple of different ways you can do it. I simply will put my, the first thing I do is I put my finger to my lips and then I get them to hear the music in their heads. Now, I might nod my head to the beat to give them a little bit of guidance, but sometimes I stay perfectly still. So, um, 
you can do you can do small phrases so you could do row 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 your boat and then I'll put my finger to my lips and then they'll in their head they they want to and then I'll take my finger away from my mouth and merrily 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 life is but a dream and you can do that with little folk songs but internalizing is so important now you can also use props props are fun so I have a little stuffed animal And the little stuffed animal kind of pops up from behind the music stand and then dives back down (laughs) behind the music stand. So when it pops up, we're singing. And when he's hidden, we don't sing. And they love that. And then the other one, and I want to shout out to um, uh, my Kadai training this summer. I had... I had the most amazing opportunity to do, finally, I've only wanted to do it for like a decade, my level one Kadai certification. Kadai people are my people. I got to play singing games with adults for two weeks. Brilliant. We did more than that. But it was amazing. And um, I just had such a great time. But you can also use like a stop and go. Like you could do like a red sign or a green sign. So red means don't sing, but internalize. Green means sing. Um, Lots of different ways that you can engage them. So not only are they internalizing the sound, but they are focused on the prop. So they are watching for cues, a fun little activity. And don't worry if you get some giggles. Uh, And you'll notice that some singers are a little lost when there's no one singing. So they might be looking around and that's okay too. Now, moving on to more intermediate and advanced students, internalizing the melody is something I ask my singers to do, especially if we are are learning a jazz standard. So when we are working on jazz tunes and somebody is soloing, the challenge sometimes is when do you come back in? (laughs) Um, So that is one of those exercises where I say you have to think the melody through this section and when the melody when you've you've sung in your head the melody then you know it's your turn to come back in that is challenging especially if there's somebody soloing I know full disclosure and my husband's laughing um Sometimes I'm so listening to the soloist and I'm listening to their their musicianship and their their choices and I get distracted and I'm not internalizing the melody and sometimes I'm not sure where we are. But that is certainly another active listening uh, activity where we're internalizing the music. So it's not just for our beginners. That is something that is so important for your intermediate and advanced. Now, moving on, the other active listening that I think is so important and we do not do enough of is getting them to listen with intention to the accompaniment of their song. Oh, yes. So uh, there is a lot of information that the accompaniment part is giving the singer. And... So often, the singers are just not even listening. They are daydreaming. <laughs> so having them, uh, having them focus on that and asking really good questions. So uh, for my younger students, I will often play the introduction on the piano. And I will ask questions about it. 
I will ask questions like, can you tap a steady beat as I play the introduction? Can you tap the rhythm of the melody that I am playing while you're listening to it? And then for my older students, I'm going to ask them questions like, how many bars? How many bars do we have going on there? Um, and whether they're looking at the score or not looking at the score, it does bring their attention back to uh, the music at hand. Um, uh, sometimes I will ask them, is the introduction playing your melody? Is it introducing your melody that you're about to sing? That's another great little question. And bringing their attention to the other person that is part of their performance is very important. Sometimes our singers forget that it is a team effort. And we need to know, I always tell my students, you need to know the accompaniment part just as much as you know your part. So when they've heard the accompaniment line, um, the intro quite a few times, uh, if it's within their range, uh, I'll ask them to sing the melody. Can you sing the melody of the piano part? And that's also a really great ear training activity. Um, I like to encourage um, my singers to to um, to really dive into that. And um, one of the things that I do is uh, with the piano accompaniment further through the song is I will uh, I will kind of isolate sections. Uh, maybe it's a break where the piano plays a little melody. Maybe it's the way the accompaniment sets up the entry. Maybe with my older students, intermediate students, we'll talk about whether or not the piano is playing the melody or if the piano is playing a harmony to the part that they are singing. Making them aware of what is happening in the music. And this is also a really important theory exercise. So music analysis and letting them look at the score. Often I have circles and cues marked in their piano part just as much as I do in their vocal line. Um, I encourage them to mark it. Don't spoon feed your students. I'm horrible for that, by the way. I, I am trying very hard not to do that. But in the rush sometimes of a lesson when you're trying to get the information in, it, like it's just easier. You get up from the piano, you grab a pencil, you circle it. Don't do that. Make them do it. They'll be more engaged. So uh, listening to the accompaniment is so important. Now, if they're working on a musical theater piece, singing to a track, oh my gosh, there's a lot more going on if it's a, if it's a, a professional recording. And there's lots of different questions that you can ask to bring their attention to the track that is is that they are singing along with. So lots of great ideas there. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is rhythmic elements. We need to help our singers with the rhythm, to move their body to the rhythm, to feel beat. It is so important. And again, this is a great way to to get some movement into your lesson. Um, even with your youngest, singers, the conversation and the exploration of beat versus rhythm. Having your young singers, I do this with my introductory vocal classes, having them tap on their on their uh, legs or, or just with two fingers into the palm of their hand. The beat is a great exercise. And again, 
active listening. And then once they've found the beat, and I, you refer to it, I, you know, we talk about heartbeats, you know, it's that pulse that we feel in the music. Then we can talk about rhythm and identify the rhythm of the notes that are being played or sung. And then the same thing, they can clap that rhythm or they can tap that rhythm in their hand. Um, for my older students, hmm, especially those doing uh, contemporary music, musical theater, um, I will I will ask them to focus on the percussive instruments and and again tapping on two and four or tapping at the beginning of each bar like figuring out how many bars are there before you come in and for my older students I'm not as nice <laughs> my little ones I'm super nice but my older students they don't like these exercises but I make them do them anyways so we talk about how many bars you need to know how many bars um, and both by ear and by staring at the music so again two different ways to to get some uh, active listening and active looking in your in your lesson now the other the other active listening that I encourage my singers to do is, is really listening to the vocals and identifying and recognizing those subtle inflections and um, how that singer is using their voice throughout the song. And again, if you get a chance to watch that analysis of Waving Through a Window, the link's on our, our podcast page, it's a wonderful, wonderful example of how detailed a vocal performance can be. And I guarantee you, our young singers, our beginner singers, a lot of our adult singers are not picking up on those nuances and they need someone to kind of encourage them and to point them out. And then they'll be aware of them when they hear them in other performances and, most importantly, in their own performances. How many of you, this is a teacher pet peeve of mine, have singers that are using techniques like vocal fry excessively? And when you point it out, they're like, oh, I didn't even notice I was doing it. Yeah, there we go. Not active listening. That is autopilot singing. Every single thing we do with our voice is a choice, not a default. And that's a conversation that I have with a lot of my singers. And I always ask them, why? Why are you doing that? Why do you think the singer started the phrase with that? Do you think you should start the phrase like that? Is it, is, it, is it going to enhance your performance or is it just something that you're doing? Great conversations to have with our young singers. Well, with singers of any age. Now, the other thing too for active listening, and I think this is so important for those of you working with kids, whenever it is possible, allow your students and their families to listen to healthy, um, healthy singing from other children. So a lot of our, our young kids obviously are listening to adults and they are trying to emulate the sounds created by singers who are uh, much older with far more experience. But whenever possible, especially if you're dealing with age-appropriate repertoire, if you can find a healthy 
um, a healthy uh, uh, version, a healthy recording, a video recording of a child or a young person singing those songs, let your students watch it. Talk about how that child is using their voice. That is very helpful. It's so good for them to hear other young voices singing in a healthy manner. Now, I know what you're thinking. The challenge is, well, where do I find these healthy singing? They're out there. They're out there. Um, If you're listening to any of the professional productions of any of the musical theater shows, they are out there. You will have to spend some time finding them, but you can do it. Now, this is also important when my students are singing um, and preparing for examinations. If they are singing classical repertoire and they are not actively listening to classical music, they need to hear professional versions of their exam pieces. And that is one of the things I have to remind my students over and over and over again. The songs that you are singing for an exam were not written just for the purpose of being tested on it. These are beautiful pieces of music that were that were written for people to enjoy. And there are a lot of professional recordings of some of these pieces. And I think it is essential for our young singers to hear professional classical singers using their voice in a stylistically appropriate way. Now, the same thing goes for jazz and the same thing goes for pop. We have to listen to those subtle nuances in the inflections and in the performances. Um, So important. One of the things I, I think is imperative if you are working with students doing commercial music of any age, by the way, It is important to identify when the vocals have been modified digitally, whether it's auto-tune or whether it's a filter or whether it's an effect. Many of our singers do not know that the vocals have been altered and they are trying to recreate those sounds acoustically, which causes so so many problems. It's it's can be very terrifying. So again, bringing their ears to the attention, making them aware that some sounds are created um, with the help of amplification. That's another thing too. So if you have singers doing um, contemporary music, the verses, the verses are often, they sound big and beefy because of the boost um, from the microphones and of course the magic of recording studios. I find a lot of my singers are over singing in the contemporary styles because they're trying to emulate what happens in the studio. So sometimes the best correction can be having them sing softer having them just not work as hard. Um, Of course, if you have the opportunity in your studio to allow them to use microphones, this is best. But I think it's important for them to sing acoustically first and then introduce the microphone. So again, something to bring their ear and their attention to is um, when we sing acoustically and how those singers were able to obtain those sounds. So just something to think about. Now, before I sign off, I do want to shout out to the wonderful people at My Music Staff for the My Music Staff Minute 
great business tips for running your teaching studio online. Um, They are returning with us this year. We are also going to have warm up of the week. Our guests are going to share their favorite go to exercises. So there's always some great warm up takeaways. Uh, Next week, our special guest is Karen Michaels. She is the full voice podcast social media expert. She's also the sponsor of this episode. And she has a special offer for teachers who would like some one-on-one help with their social media accounts. In the show notes and on our podcast page, there is a link to book uh, some private time with Karen. She's given it at a very discounted rate for podcast listeners. Please take advantage of that. If you know you just need a little bit of help and some guidance to get started or to level up in with your social media presence. Oh my goodness. Now, before I sign off for reels this time, I just want to remind everybody that Every week, every lesson, we have this amazing opportunity to give our students a safe space to explore and discover their voices. And I am wishing everyone an incredible season of teaching. I hope that you will check in every week with our podcast so that you can uh, learn about other teachers uh, and what they're doing in their teaching studios and to take advantage of all these wonderful resources. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made my canoe music. Canoe music.ca.